Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode four of the Nintendo Aficionado podcast. I'm Jason, and as always, joined by my good friend and only person I know that has a tingle tattoo, Matthew. Hi, I'm Matthew. And um, why did you sound British at the beginning? What's up with that? Did I? Yeah, he went, hello. Must have been completely unintentional. (laughs) Maybe I'm concerned we're going to be offending some of our foreign viewers or listeners. Uh, We do have some uh, people from other countries other than the United States. So welcome to our listeners from Brazil and Mexico. Hey, hey, everybody. We are an international podcast. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) And uh, today I'm pretty excited about our topic. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I should probably announce what our topic is. Uh, We're going to be talking about Club Nintendo today. And... uh, this is actually a pretty cool transition from our last topic. We were talking about um, about NinPro, and that kind of got us excited about talking about Nintendo products officially put out by them. And that kind of transitions really well over to Club Nintendo and uh, and basically the uh, different types of loyalty programs that Nintendo's had in the past. Right. Oh, hold on. Let's go back to the intro. I'm surprised you didn't uh, say anything about your tattoo. Well, you know, it's a known fact. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't have tattoos. I, I, if I did get ever get a tattoo, though, I think Tingle might be one of the top, you know, ten choices. It would be pretty cool. <laughs> you do get tattoos, though, so you can get one right now. You should. What, where, if I pay for it, will you get on your face, right, right in the middle? <laughs> hmm. I'll think about it. I'll pay for it, and we'll be, the listeners will pay for it with our Patreon that we don't have. All right. Want to get into some news topics then? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So it was kind of a... um, It's been two weeks, by the way. We didn't really mention that. Uh, We're going to probably go toward a bi-weekly format. Um, But for these two weeks, not too much big news has come out. Um, But there have been a few small items. We'll we'll talk about a few of those because our our topic today is pretty meaty. So uh, first of all, Platinum Games did officially confirm that Astral Chain is a Nintendo uh, IP. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, we knew that Nintendo published it. We knew that it was mm-hmm. something that they worked closely with Nintendo on. Uh, it's kind of nice to know that officially Nintendo does own that property. Yeah, um, I skipped it, and I know you you didn't. I know you you got it, um, and I was like pretty much not interested in it at all until I was doing the whole uh, uh, my Nintendo missions um, for the new Mario pin set, and you had to go to the Astral Chain. Uh, website right and mm-hmm. find the five hidden whatever they're called um, gateways or whatever and uh as i was like reading about the game i was like man this game actually sounds kind of cool like i think i might pick it up soon yeah it was actually a really fun game uh it was really interesting and unique i i did get uh a little tired i got a little bit tiring uh, about the midway point with you know the, the way that the that the combat is they did introduce new elements throughout the game so it's not like they you know were devoid of new ideas in it but it just uh it didn't feel like they really went above and beyond to make the uh gameplay kind of you know uh, be anything more than kind of the combat and the uh, and then they kind of removed that and let you do some of the kind of puzzly element where you're trying to search for things it's, it's hard to it's hard to explain why it didn't quite you know satisfy my my urge for that type of a game but overall it was really neat is it similar to like a bayonetta like that type of like hack and slash fast-paced combat type of 
Yeah, yeah, it is, and and they did some cool things with it. You have, uh, I believe they're called legions that you have kind of attached to you, and so you're kind of doing kind of like you're controlling your character while also kind of controlling your uh, your other character that is sort of can can be controlled by itself, uh, you know, by the AI. But you can kind of work together to kind of chain around characters and do some fun stuff with that. So I I really liked that aspect of it, but the I think that it was the level design didn't really uh, appeal to me. But I'd be really interested in seeing what they do with the sequel because it, it was a really interesting world and I liked some of the characters. It was it was a really goofy game. It wasn't didn't take itself too seriously and I liked hmm. that. Okay, I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah, and now that you know it's officially a Nintendo property, then you can might be a little bit more interested. Yeah. And uh, speaking of games on Switch and you know helping the Switch succeed, uh, the Switch has now. Uh, outsold the 3DS in just under four years, um, 79.87 million units, which is pretty insane to me. Yeah, that's very impressive. Um, I think when the Switch was first kind of like unveiled, I, I don't know if I would have thought it would have become as popular as it has. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I was always hopeful. And actually, I thought it was a great idea, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're able to get you know both sides of it the home and and the handheld and i think that's one of the reasons why it's selling so well is because it's you know there was some market that was purely handheld some market that was purely you know home console and they kind of merged together um but i mean early on i was like no this is amazing because we're gonna get so many games just for one system uh which did you know hold up to be true in the first few years especially of the of the console Uh, because before, you know, they were putting out about on average of about 20 something games um, a year. It, it averaged, you know, a little bit higher, a little bit lower sometimes. Um, and But that was spread between two different consoles. So for the most part, that's all been converging onto one and, and getting people really hyped about it. And for better or worse, a lot of EU ports as well. Huh? I mean, yeah, that's part of the reason why <laughs> they're able to get, get such a large <laughs> output. Um, but I mean, it, it works out uh, because those are great games. A lot of people didn't play, and they can bring it over. And I will say, I sometimes I'm not a fan of the ports. But for instance, the Mario one, how they're adding new gameplay me- mechanics to it, I'm okay yeah. with them porting stuff over, getting a new audience, as long as they give people like me a reason to jump yeah, back in. That's the way to do it. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, I'm just as excited about that game as I have been for many of the recent you know uh, releases that have been brand new to the Switch. So. Um, they're they're doing that one right, I think. Yeah, unlike like Mario Kart Eight, uh, Tropical Freeze. Yeah, in fact, I didn't even I didn't like the way they mar- did Mario Kart Eight to be honest, because they took away they basically just gave everything to you up front, and there was no progression and no like urge to play, um, no reason to play because everything was was there. Unlike the original um, the Wii U game, you had to unlock it just like you you would in a normal Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that one especially kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, and then, I know DKC Tropical Freeze. They added uh, Funky Kong, right? But yeah, yeah. wasn't Funky too much of a reason to go back. Yeah, I, I went back and played it um, at, with Funky because it made it a little bit easier. So I kind of, you know, gave it gave me an opportunity since I've already toiled away at beating the regular game. Uh, it gave me an opportunity to kind of go back and and play it without having to worry too much while also getting a kind of a little bit of a fresh experience. Yeah. See, like I had, I had toiled and, and done everything in Mario Kart 8 and Tropical Freeze to 100%, and I was just like, I really just don't want to go back to it. I want a new game, you know. I want a new yeah. Mario Kart. I want a new DKC. 
Oh, well, well. That actually, that actually kind of brings us to, I mean, it wasn't really a news topic I was going to talk about, but there have been rumblings of rumors of a new Ooh. Mario Kart, Mario Kart 9 this year. Do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? I mean, uh, the focus should be on Zelda, but could they find a way to fit in a brand new Mario Kart? You know, because that's such a, that's a, it has such a global impact, you know? Yeah, uh, well, Mario Kart. And I agree with you. The this should be about Zelda, and they've already started incorporating Zelda into Mario Kart. So I don't see any reason why they can't say, "Hey, it's the Zelda anniversary, and we have this new Mario Kart. We're going to go ahead and you know maybe expand on what they did the last time. Yeah, you know, maybe add a couple new characters, add a couple new courses. Because uh, there's also been talks that this is going to be more of a um, Smash Brothers style, like Nintendo Kart, as opposed to just Mario Kart, which is kind of what they've been yeah. going toward. That's what I would like. I would really like to see that happen. Yeah, I, I would be all about that. And I think that would help differentiate it a little bit from Mario Kart. You know, yeah. have, they usually don't like to put out more than one in generation. Technically, it was just a re-release, right? It was just a port. Mm-hmm. So technically, we didn't get one this generation. Um, but it would still sort of help to differentiate it from people that maybe say, well, it's a little bit too soon for another Mario Kart. Yeah. You know, Double Dash is my favorite Mario Kart. And I felt like that was like different enough that it made it feel like okay like this is like this is really fun it's really different and then after that each like iteration afterwards it felt like it was just kind of like minor tweaks you know i know in mario kart 7 they added the paragliding right yeah in mario kart 8 they had the inverted tracks mm -hmm. yeah the hover the hover levels right Mm -hmm. and they also added uh the motorcycles uh, i believe in Wii. So yeah. I mean they did they did things and then obviously adding in the online, um, and there are some tweaks to just how it you know, overall you know, functions is nice. But yeah, I think it's time to. Um, I think it was well received when they added in the, that DLC that had the mm-hmm. Mario and the F Zero stuff. So I don't see any reason why they shouldn't expand on that. It's been such a successful formula for them with uh, with Smash Brothers. Right. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw it, that be the focus of the new game. Sure. So let's go ahead and jump into our topic because, like I said, it is pretty. Um, I mean, we can get really in depth with that. I think we'll probably uh, go a little surface level, um, but because we also not only want to talk about Club Nintendo, but also their the successor to it, My Nintendo, which we have right now, and um, what we see for the future of that. So stay tuned for that. Um, but first of all, let's talk Club Nintendo. Do you like Club Nintendo? I did. Well, good. <laughs> Good job. Good night, everyone, and <laughs> enjoy your Super Sunday. Um, oh, by the way, we are recording this on Sunday, so that doesn't oh. mean a whole lot. But you may or may not be listening to this because you're probably going to be watching the Super Bowl if we do, in fact, release this today. Um, but if we make more Super Sunday references, then <laughs> you know why. <laughs> um, so anyway, first of all, Club Nintendo was... Uh, the loyalty program that uh, we had. We're going to mainly be focusing on the North American version of this, um, but I want to briefly talk about what some of the other regions had. So first of all, the first loyalty program was actually from Europe. So it wasn't quite Club Nintendo yet. Um, they, oh, what did they call it? I don't remember. I have it listed here. Uh, Nintendo VIP 24-7. Um, and that started in May of 2002. Um, but it wasn't very well received. It was uh, largely downloadable items. You can get like screensavers and, and things like that. <laughs> yeah, so people didn't like it that much. But it was technically their first rewards program where, you know, you buy buy things, you 
do surveys and then you get something for it. Uh, Japan, though, they are the ones that really turned it around and said, no, 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 we're going to show you how to do this right. And uh, in October 31st, so Halloween 2003, they launched the Japanese Club Nintendo and put out awesome products that everybody wanted. And, um, of course, North Americans were like, hey, where's ours? And they kept telling us no. Um, but... <laughs> So I, I have a, it's not an exact quote, um, but Perrin Kaplan, she was the, at the time, the VP of marketing. Um, she basically was saying that due to the size of the U.S., that uh, pre-order bonuses were going to be the alternative to Club Nintendo because it was just uh, cost prohibitive to uh, send out all that, you know, all that throughout that, such a large space and for so many people. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it, this struck me as interesting because they basically said the alternative to Club Nintendo for North America was pre-order bonuses, and Ninpro was basically creating the pre-order bonus. <laughs> so in a way, Ninpro was our Club Nintendo before we had the actual club. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so what what about you? What's your experience with Club Nintendo? Were you uh, on board from day one? Did you get any cool products? What what are your what were your thoughts? Um. So when it came to like Nintendo and like physical like collectibles, I remember like I first started with obviously the um, Power Rewards catalog and items in there, right? Yeah. Um, and so I got, I got quite a few things through that. But uh, when Club Nintendo came around, I I recall it being a little difficult to save up enough points for things that I wanted. Um, I remember, let's see, was it the first year the Platinum Reward was the Nintendo figurine statue? Or was that a later year? I think that was the second year. Uh, that was 2011's reward, actually. Wait, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, 2010. Okay. So yeah, for 2010, I was only able to save up enough points to get the calendar. Right. right? So that's kind of like a... <laughs> like, woo, I got a calendar. But I wanted that figurine. And did you did you save up enough points for that? Or was it like you and your brother kind of pulled the points together to get that? No, he did his own thing. Um, okay. I, I got platinum every year, um, which is a, you know, a point of honor for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so actually, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, gold and platinum rewards and what those were, right? Um, so every year, if you got 300 coins then you earned gold status. And so you'd get a free extra gift at the end of the year. Um, as you mentioned, most of the years, it was a calendar. Um, they're pretty cool. They're like little, you know, how, how would you describe it? Um, it's a, like a cardboard sleeve with a window cut out in the front. And then inside um, are all the different months. And you would flip them around and slide it back in so you could see it through the window. And then I guess you would, you know, the back side has a perforated... Um, like stands or uh, an area where you could hang it on a wall, you know, hang on like on a nail or something. Um, and so that would be like your calendar for the year. Cool. Yeah. I, I thought they were always really cool. Um, and I, I liked them. They weren't just like your typical wall calendar, but obviously I always qualified for, uh, for platinum, uh, which was 600 points for the year, uh, which as all except for the last year, I had absolutely no uh, issue reaching because. Okay. I was always you know, trying to buy almost every Nintendo product that they put out. So uh, it wasn't hard at all for me. Um, but they did have some really cool rewards, especially early on. So the, the first year uh, that we ended up, well, first of all, I should say, uh, they finally did did go ahead and 
uh, create Club Nintendo for North America in 2008 um, at the end of the year, like December 24th, I think was the date that I found. And so basically for 2009, realistically, was the, the first year of it. And uh, their platinum reward that year was actually a, a digital game, which normally I would be like, well, why am I getting a digital game? But it was an exclusive digital game for Club Nintendo that they created. It was Doc Lewis's Punch-Out. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure you came over and played this one with me, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you getting it and being all excited. Yeah, it, it was really cool. It, it was a, an exclusive game that they made just for Platinum members of Club Nintendo. And I, you know, for as somebody that felt, you know, pretty proud of the accomplishment that I made hitting Platinum, like there was no <laughs> better reward I could have gotten than to have something unique. And it was, I mean, it was more or less a demo, right? You got, it, it was, uh, I think, three different matches against Doc Lewis in various states of his, uh, you know, abilities mm-hmm. um and and so you know it wasn't a full-fledged game or anything it was you could probably finish it in 15 minutes or so but just having something unique and original that nintendo developers created was amazing yeah yeah um but that that same year and what and it kind of followed the trend of what they did you had two choices for platinum so it was either doc lewis's punch out or you could get uh like a mario hat like a plush mario hat um I didn't get that one. I think my I think one of my brothers did actually, um, but yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't appealing to me. But I'd love to have it now that I <laughs> you know skipped over that. <laughs> and of course, you could also get the calendar uh, if you chose to. You know, you don't need to get the platinum reward if you prefer the gold reward. You could choose that one as well. Let's talk a little bit about um, how you got points. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to let you go ahead. <laughs> I was hoping that you would remember better than I did because I was I was trying to research this. Um, so- so trying to get the exact point totals. Um, yeah. So I, I I just know that I mainly focused on GameCube titles that had the inserts, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And you were like going like crazy on DS games. Yeah. Like you you I had an DS. insane yeah you had an insane amount of DS games. So I can only imagine a lot of your points came from there. They did. And all right. So I'm gonna try to recall this because I swear I'm, I'm sure you could find this information uh, somewhere on the internet but mm-hmm. um, it's not well documented enough that I could just like search on Wikipedia and find it um, I believe what it was was 30 you got 30 points for a DS game registering that and you got 50 points for a GameCube game it was roughly uh, equal to the amount of dollars that was spent and most mm-hmm. GameCube games are 50 most DS games are 30 um, so I believe that's how that worked out and what you did was you registered it by um each game came with its unique uh, uh code in a, in a little insert um which by the way is also a unique collectible because you know it's something else that came with the item and was tailored to that um now once you put in the code then you would get the opportunity after playing the game for a little bit to uh to do a survey uh what you thought about the game and then that then i believe you got the coins so okay. I could have re- I could have sworn that what you did is you got the coins just for registering and then you did the survey uh, to to get a few more coins. But um, I'm the only things that I'm seeing online are to the opposite of what I what I initially said. So it's one or the other. If any of you listeners remember, um, you know, go ahead and give us a shout out and let us know. Yeah, I, I could have sworn that you got an extra amount of coins for doing the survey. Yeah, in fact, I'm feeling pretty confident about saying that that's probably how it happened i believe you got an extra 10 coins for doing the survey yeah but uh and that's also how basically this was um functional for nintendo right because you know they're giving away a bunch of free products and obviously you know you're buying their products and then they're giving you something in exchange if you buy enough of them so yeah. there is you know Which value you didn't have to do 
Right, exactly. They didn't. Um, and most of their fans would have bought the stuff regardless. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there were some people that went in and bought more specifically to get more coins. But yeah. uh, but regardless, the real value to them, I, I believe, was the surveys because it was basically marketing research that they didn't have to pay for outside of the cost of the items. Now, remind me. So um, the platinum rewards, they they didn't cost a coin a coin uh, balance it was just once you reached a certain number of coins you yeah. automatically got it yeah it was the next reward for reaching that threshold okay so then you could still spend those coins on the lower tier rewards yes yeah right okay and um let's go ahead and finish up talking about the different uh, uh platinum rewards because i do feel like that's kind of the mm-hmm. um most of the most important items here um in 2010, they that was the character figurine, which is a pretty sought-after collectible. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's um, uh, how would you describe it? Um, if I remember correctly, it's Mario, Luigi. Is it Peach and Bowser? Those four? Is there anyone else? Um, kind of like standing on up. Yeah, kind of like standing on like a, a little base. And uh, I don't know. You don't have it on on display in your room, right? You just have it boxed up. Right. Yeah. I just I have it. It came in a. And a pretty cool like cardboard box that was shaped like um, like a question mark block. Oh, cool! Uh, like a question block, yeah. So it, it's pretty neat to have it displayed in there, and it keeps it you know protected. Right. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty sizable figurine. It's 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 like the um, something that you would put on like a tabletop, oh. like a centerpiece almost. I just looked it up. So it's um, Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Yoshi. So Mario's on Yoshi. Toad, a Goomba coming out of a warp pipe, and then uh, there's some uh, Rick brick blocks behind Mario and uh, Yoshi, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's, it was a really face. neat reward. So, uh, yeah, and, and so that year, um, that was like the, the pretty big item. Um, there actually was the only uh, option for Platinum that year, uh, as far as my research has here. Um, but there was also the calendar for gold. So, uh, I, honestly, I think I'm missing one or two of those calendars because I had to find other methods of, of getting I'm, them. I'm looking at your list that you sent me in mm-hmm. terms of like what you have. Um, you don't have the the 2011 calendar highlighted, or the 2010 calendar, or the 2012. <laughs> so I didn't actually highlight the calendars on there because I didn't remember which ones I had. Gotcha. And I have them. I have them kind of put away. It's harder for me to get because you know they're not. Sure. They're something that I don't have to like have. Um, you're right in front of me because yeah so they're, they're put away um but yeah i know that i have a couple of them i just don't remember which ones okay uh and then in 2012 uh i'm sorry 2011 uh there was a badge set they call it a badge set but it was basically uh like little buttons um it was a yeah. set of what was it, how many was there five it was like 20 20 different buttons that were all different uh, 8-bit mario characters yes i remember you getting that yeah, and mine's actually messed up. One of the one of the buttons is loose in there, so that's annoying. <laughs> but because I never I never actually opened it, um, so that that was a pretty neat reward. Um, but I do kind of feel like that's where you started to see people, you know, start to say, "Hey, the quality of these things are starting to maybe diminish a little bit." Because the first two years, people were really hyped about the rewards. Uh-huh. Um, there was another option. Um, I'm sorry. That was the the other year where there's only one option for platinum. Um, there was the and then the calendar for gold. But uh, the next year we had a couple of platinum reward options. There was the Mario playing cards, mm-hmm. um, which is the one that I chose to get. Right. And um, they're pretty cool. Uh, anything 
that's a Nintendo playing card is amazing because of their history, right? But they're pretty neat. They're kind of like a see-through sort of mm-hmm. item. Um, yeah. They're they're platinum. Uh, the same year, the Club Nintendo in Japan actually got uh, a, got a variation of it that were, I believe, gold. So mm-hmm. those are actually a little bit more sought after. Um, they're going to you know cost you a little bit more money if you go on eBay for them. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at my set right now. I always thought it was pretty cool, the clear cards. Oh, you ended up getting it. I do. Um, okay. That's that's one platinum reward I actually got. Were, were they? Uh, well, we'll get into it in a little bit. But the Hanafuda cards um, was that platinum? Uh, I think that was just a normal item that you could spend a large amount of coins on. Okay. So yeah, we'll get to those in a couple minutes because there are a few like big ticket items that yeah. are popular. Um, and so anyway, this year we had uh, another platinum reward option. It was a, a platinum poster set. So. This is when they, I think they started doing a lot of posters in this kind of era. And some of those are kind of uh, expensive now. I don't know if are you've they? been keeping up on that. No, I haven't even looked them up. What, what were they? So I can't remember which ones came in this poster set, but they did a lot of different poster sets between um, the phys- just the items that you can buy and then between the, this Platinum Reward. Um, they did a bunch of them. So some of them were for um, Zelda. There was, there was a really cool Zelda set. Uh, they had some Mario ones. I mean, there were, you know, the basic games that you would think of, but yeah, they had some pretty neat designs and they can be pretty pricey online. Right. And then of course the calendar. So I'm guessing you didn't get the, the 2012 calendar then since you, yeah, or the 2013 I, calendar in 2012. Yeah. It looks like my calendar set goes 2010, 2011, and then 2014. So I'm missing 2012 and 2013. Ah, okay. Um, and then the last year that they had physical rewards here, uh, it was a pretty cool one. It was the Majora's Mask original soundtrack, uh, which was a nice platinum reward. I still have mine sealed. Um, I feel like the soundtracks, especially for, for Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, I felt like there were so many of those uh, that yeah. you could get in different variations that I, I wasn't too psyched about it. But looking back, I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah. Um, and then you got the, the gold reward that year, right? The, the calendar. For which year? For 2013, for 2014, and for the reward for 2013. Yes, yes. Cool. All right, so let's, um, I'm sorry, there was one more year of this, and it was pretty lame. The 2014 rewards, uh, they were all digital games. So, I don't know, did you end up getting, end up at all getting anything in that year? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I I made sure that I wanted to get Platinum uh, for the, you know, the final year of it. But it was really not great. Um, they okay, so it actually was pretty cool if you were one of those people that didn't have uh, some of these games, the platinum rewards. They were giving away Wii U games, so full games that would still cost you sixty dollars in store, you could get for free. However, what didn't make too much sense about it was that if you were the type that was going to be spending enough, you know, getting enough coins to earn those free games, you probably had all those games already. Yeah. So uh, I used it to get Wii Play, which I had at, at that point not picked up um, uh, physically. So, it, I mean, it worked out. I played it a little bit. Not, not a big deal. What about that uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 diorama? So What's that was that? not a platinum reward. That was just an item that they put up um, uh, kind of out of nowhere. And you sold out <laughs> almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's very surprising that that wouldn't be a platinum tier reward yeah i think they kind of you know 
It's super I don't cool. know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where, where they came up with the idea. Like, hey, let's go ahead and make this awesome thing as the, as their Club Nintendo you know system was dying. But yeah. Um, but let's talk about some of the other items because I know that you have. Um, I believe you have a couple of other cool you know, items that you just spend some some coins on. Um, you know, we want to talk a little bit about, about some of those items you have or ones that you you know hope that that you would have gotten at some point. Um, well, you had mentioned that uh, the handheld card set. That you didn't have that, right? Yeah, I, I've been wanting that one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, each card is basically a representation of each handheld, right, throughout Nintendo's history. And on the back of each card, um, it has a picture of all of the different, like, colors that they came in, like, color variations. And then a little description of, like, kind of like the history um, has the year that uh, it released and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. a little... And it's some pretty nice cardstock too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a nice glossy, glossy finish to it. Everything nice. has the Club Nintendo stamp on it, or the, not stamp, but logo on it. Cool. Yeah, I know that one always appealed to me because it it was it's sort of like cards. I mean, they're bigger than traditional like cards that Nintendo makes, right? But uh, anything that Nintendo makes that is kind of shaped like a card kind of appeals to me. Um, so I like that, but it also is like a history lesson at the same time. Uh, exactly. A good reference point. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's, a, it's very similar to the size of like the postcards that they have been making. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a sucker for those too. We'll get to those in a few minutes when we start talking about my Nintendo. Um, but in terms of Club Nintendo, were there any other you know big ticket items that you were you know excited to see or hoped to get? No, just that um, the Luigi's Mansion two diorama and the figurine that you have were just probably the two that I always wished I had gotten. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and they also came out with some other pretty neat items. Um, for somebody that collects Nintendo games, uh, they had some unique games you could only get here. And like I said, with Doc Lewis's Punch Out, there was uh, that was a digital game. They also did have uh, another digital game called Grill Off with Ultra Hand. So that was it was just a weird, unique mini game. Um, but it uses the Ultra Hand, one of Nintendo's you know original toys, where you you kind of squeeze it and it extends outward and can grab something. And so you use that using the Wii Remote and the Nunchuck to kind of simulate the the motion. And then that reaches out and grabs uh, the, the meat that's on the different grills that you have, and you need to like time it properly to grab them all before they burn. Um, and and just, it, it was actually a really fun game. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, that was a digital-only game. And I, I believe you played that one too, right? You played it with me? Yeah, I came over and you got it and kind of watched you play it and kind of took turns playing it. Yeah. Would, would you have liked to have seen more of that sort of uh, just them throwing weird ideas out there and giving you a small little mini game to yeah. type, type of reward? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, I mean, it's exclusive, right? So yeah. there's always that. All right, cool. Um, but in terms of physical games, they did actually put out some pretty neat things. So uh, there were two Game & Watch collections. Um, both of them cost 800 coins. So if you can imagine, it costs you 600 coins to get up to platinum, which is supposed to be a pretty high threshold. Uh, this cost you an additional 200 on top of that. Uh, so you know you had to have quite a few coins to be able to get these. But if you did, these were really neat. Um, it was a full DS game on a on the cartridge, uh, and it was a, a collection of a, a few different games. I mean, in all honesty, the actual game itself, um, they, there wasn't much to it because you know they they did the game and watch galleries in the past that had much more <laughs> than these games did. But as a as an actual collectible, uh, I, I'd say that these were some of the neatest things that they put out. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty cool when you got them. 
Yeah. Uh, and then kind of in that same vein, they also did a game in, an actual re-release of their first Game & Watch ball. Um, and that one was very pricey. That was 1,200 coins. So basically, you had to get Platinum <laughs> level twice to get that. Um, but yeah, that is so still... <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that is still one of the, one of my favorite items that they that they put out. It's um, you know that was actually my first Game and Watch. You know at that point I hadn't bought any other of the old ones. Um, I consider it an actual Game and Watch, even though it's sort of a, a re-release. It is officially by Nintendo, and it's a it's a recreation of what they've done. Um, and that was a really neat. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, and sorry, did you have a question? No, I was going to say that we're going to move on to the next one. Oh, yeah. And then one other pretty big one was they actually did a set of Hanafuda cards. So obviously for people that are big Nintendo fans, knowing their history, knowing that they created these special Japanese sort of playing cards back in the day and still do, actually. This was actually a really cool way for them to bring that out to the U.S. And it was neat because they took their traditional um the traditional one that they made and put Mario characters on it. Yeah. So it kind of was a more of a unique item. Yeah, did you uh, did you keep yours sealed? So I didn't. I actually opened it up because I wanted to look at all the all the different cards. Okay. Uh, but it's still obviously it's still in the little box that that it comes in, and there's a little box inside of there, and so I kept it in there. Um, yeah. So I kept it as close to you know its original um, format as possible. Right. Um, and like I said, we could talk for hours about all the different items they had. Um, we won't get into that um but i did want to kind of briefly touch on like the type of items they had um so they did do a few different card sets um like i said the poster sets were pretty popular uh one thing that i i never got but they are oddly pricey if you try to find them now uh it's it's a game case that looks sort of like it's like a ds game case but if you open it up it can hold uh, i believe nine ds games at once that's which right. is yes yeah, and I never got one of those because I was always like, well, I always have the original case for all my games. I don't really buy games loose. Um, but now looking back on them, I think they're really cool, and I'd love to love to pick <laughs> one up at some point. Yeah. Um, and they did quite a few of those. Um, they did some special pins that are really neat. Um, yeah, they did all sorts of different things. Like I guess that there's like, what do they have? Over 70 different items that they put out over the course of you know five or so years that they were running um i think it was a really successful you know program i think it got people really excited um i don't know any any last thoughts on the legacy of club nintendo Eh, all right we're into my my nintendo territory right yes all right so yeah so um Nintendo discontinued Club Nintendo in 2015. Um, they basically phased it out. They said, hey, your points are only going to be good until this date. Uh, any games released after this date aren't going to be usable. Um, but uh, eventually they did come out with uh, My Nintendo, and it was absolutely horrible for the longest time. <laughs> um, I, I know at first they, you know, they came out um, and... You know, I'm sure that they were trying to get away from the idea of spending all that money on shipping products out, you know, around the country. Um, but they basically just did nothing with it. Yeah. Um, or so, it's very similar to uh, the European beginnings of Club Nintendo. Yeah, kind of. I, I mean, you. Uh, so the weird thing was, you you didn't get points anymore from buying their items. You got points for playing their mobile games. Yeah. Which was okay. That's interesting. It's a good way to get you to play their mobile games. Fine, um, but then they kind of stopped making it compatible with their mobile games. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of strange uh, that they were doing it and then they weren't. Um, and 
like some of the games that I was more interested in kind of playing and earning some coins was like the Dr. Mario World. That was not compatible with it. Mario Kart Tour isn't the, compatible with it, which is strange. Um, but, you know, I didn't really care that much because all you could really get were some you know, wallpapers for your computer, you know, for your phone or for your, your computer. Right. Um, discounts on digital only games, which, as you know, as a physical like collector, it didn't really matter to me too much. <laughs> I don't know, did you ever use it? Did you ever get anything from that program in the early days? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've had so many coins expire um, over like the early, the early uh, part of my Nintendo just because <clears throat> I didn't want to buy any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. I kept thinking, okay, maybe they're going to release something cool. Maybe they're going to release something cool. And then they'd expire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I dabbled in it for a little bit. Um, I, I got a few like wallpapers, which wasn't that exciting considering you can basically screenshot any or take any any picture from online and use it as a screensaver or wallpaper. So it didn't matter. Um, I got a few, you know, uh, there were a few games that were digital only that I ended up getting some discounts on. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, for the most part, my Nintendo was pretty weak. Uh, it was basically... Uh, the be- the best usage of it was basically when you went to one of the Nintendo events, you could scan your My Nintendo and get like a free pin or something. Mm. Um, but then out of nowhere, on uh, September 1st of 2020, uh, they decided, hey, let's go ahead and start putting physical items out again. Which, <laughs> did you see that coming? No. Um, were you the first one to tell me about it? Or did, uh, we, like, did we find them separately? I'm trying to remember I mean, what the first item was. I mean, I'm sure that I told you when I found out. and Because I, I actually didn't find out until it was either late in the day or or slightly early in the in the next day. So I didn't find out right, right away, which is okay. strange. I think I, was, I think I was busy um, that day, so I didn't see it. But their first items they put out, they, they had three items, um, a Splatoon 2 postcard set, which is pretty nice. Like I said, their postcard sets they put out have been pretty uh, nice quality. Um, has some pretty cool art on it. And then they had uh, Xenoblade Chronicles um, Definitive Edition uh, sheet of stickers, which was whatever. It was nice, I guess. Um, and then a phone ring holder, um, which I don't really understand what the value of a phone ring holder is. Do you know what those are? They're popular. Okay. I mean, they're they're kind of like the thing that you stick on the back of your phone, right? And then you can put your, your finger through it. And to help you hold it better. I think so. I think that's the whole idea. Okay. Well, um, I will tell you that that item right there, as of right now, is one of mm, probably two items that are probably going to set you back if you want to go buy it on eBay um, because they put up the initial amount of them. And then I think they re-released it once and then it's gone now. So, yeah. and that, that was one that's, that, that was the first one to sell out. And then they brought it back and it sold out right away and they didn't bring it back out. Yep, and I had enough to buy it, and I chose not to because I was like, uh, I'm not really a fan of the series. I haven't played the games before. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm kicking myself. Yeah, I wish I had gotten it. Um, I'm trying to get all of them, to be honest. It's really hard because, uh, and actually, we should probably talk about this. The way that you get coins is, is still weird. And this is why I was so weirded out when they decided, hey, let's go ahead and make my Nintendo awesome again, um, because they had been kind of phasing it out. The, their games they'd been putting out weren't eligible to receive coins, right? Mm-hmm. They were still putting out those weird sort of like, hey, here's a mission, look at this website and you know, thoroughly explore this website, find all the little hidden items and you can get you know, 100 coins for doing that, uh, which was, it was nice that they were doing that. But for the most part, 
you couldn't use the coins on very much. So yeah. it, it seemed like they were kind of leaning away from my Nintendo, and now it's back with a vengeance. And um, but it's weird still because you still can't you know get these items. And and in fact, one of the ways that you can get coins if you've already finished all the all the major missions is to do weekly items and so there that you can win uh three toad rally races in mario you can um uh, you know give your villagers a set amount of items uh each week in the animal crossing game um and then also the the weird thing is is just by logging into the e-shop you can get 50 coins each week but the weird thing is is that it's only for the 3ds e-shop and the wii u e-shop not for the switch yeah (laughs) <laughs> so they give you coins for not paying attention to their four-year-old console. I don't yeah. understand. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I've been doing that and getting coins regularly, and it's been enough to help. Uh, as they put out items, I've been able to get most of them. Yeah. But yeah, it's really strange. I, I'm, I, I wouldn't, be, and I guess we're, we're probably going to talk about this after we talked about some of the items, but maybe this is a better time since we're kind of heading that direction. Um, I have a feeling this is, this is leading toward some kind of change in how they're they're going to be managing their their my Nintendo. What do you think? Yeah, it could be. But do you have something specifically in mind? I well, I do. I just I've been talking for a while, and I thought you'd like to you know give our listeners something else to <laughs> to hear. Um, I I mean, okay, so I'll I'll tell you my thoughts on this. Right? Um, they when you look at the my Nintendo missions, um, in in essence, they're the the equivalents of PlayStation trophies or Microsoft achievements, right? Mm-hmm. Not quite on the same scale, but but they're there. They basically have a, a, a system set up, and I don't know enough about the ecosystem behind it and what they would have to do to make this happen, right? But considering the fact that the things that you do on, you know, they, they can recognize that you're playing a game and then you get credit for that on my Nintendo, right? it shouldn't be a leap at all to maybe start to put in some achievements in their games through through my Nintendo. So it isn't necessarily going to be uh, a system-wide ecosystem in the same way that Microsoft or PlayStation have, but you can do it through my Nintendo um, and kind of get some uh, hmm. points through that method. That'd be pretty cool. I know that um, on Xbox through Game Pass, they have kind of like <clears throat> these weekly and monthly things called quests. Um, and they'll be like, okay, log into one Game Pass game or um, get one achievement in a Game Pass game or whatever. And then you earn points doing that, and those points add up, and you can use them on the, uh, like, kind of like their store, their Microsoft store. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use it for, like, discounts on, like, uh, Xbox Live or Game Pass, like, monthly subscriptions and stuff like that. So that'd be pretty cool. And I could, I could see Nintendo doing that and being like, okay, you have to be... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, is Nintendo Switch Online, is that what their service is called? Um, a member, right? And then so if you're a paying member, then maybe you have access to like getting these, like what you said, achievements and having it actually go towards something. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't do that. And something's not adding up with how they're managing this, right? The, the options for earning coins are... Uh, more limited than they've ever been. And the things that you can spend the coins on are finally interesting people. So, you know, if, if they, what they want to do is find a way to get people more invested in their products. Uh, and, you know, the best way to do that is you have to buy their games in order to play them to earn coins that you can then use to get some of these items. So 
I think something is going to have to change. Uh, I don't necessarily know if that's the direction, but um, I mean, where else do you think that this could maybe go? Do you think that, obviously, I think they're going to have to change it and make the switch, you know, eShop work with this. If if you log into the switch eShop instead of the old ones, then you can maybe get coins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to be rewarding people for logging into (laughs) the Wii U and uh, 3DS eShops because like what would what would you be like the whole point of the switch was to like get away from that right and be like okay the switch now encompasses both of those ecosystems you know handheld and home console yeah so it doesn't make sense that like you said they're kind of ignoring it right now yeah and it's especially weird because you get the gold coins which can't be used for these items by buying games on the switch yeah that's (laughs) another point of contention i have with it really bothers me yeah um, yeah, it does seem weird. It, f- it feels like the gold coins would be better suited for the actual physical items. Yeah, rather than reward you for buying a physical game to then turn around and <laughs> try and get yeah. you to buy a digital game. Yeah, but uh, that's I don't know. Something something needs to change. And I, I they've been really quiet about this. They you know they they haven't been like hiding the fact that they're putting stuff out there. But there hasn't really been any sort of like big announcement about the about these items there hasn't been a, a major push to get people excited about this and i kind of feel like this is just like the beginning stages of some sort of transition for my nintendo um and so i, I don't know what it is but the fact that they've been so quiet about it and i feel like there's a lot of growth opportunity for them tells me that something is going to happen i think i think pretty soon in all honesty i think Early, you know, first half of this year, we're going to start to to hear about some of the changes coming to my Nintendo, just because it doesn't feel right. Something feels off. Yeah, but. well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the idea about achievements or an achievement-like system, because I didn't even think about that. Um, but it, it is something that they've been, uh, you know, missing from their ecosystem that is pretty popular on the other consoles. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can't tell you if, if they've had, I, I know we were kind of joking about this uh, a little while ago, but if they had had an achievement system from even from like the Super Nintendo era, right, I, I would have had so many games that had the equivalent of like a platinum trophy. Yeah, uh, just because Nintendo has been that place where I, those games, I will 100% them, you know, I, I try to get every single collectible in most of their games, obviously, not all of them, but uh yeah. hundreds of games i probably uh, have completed 100 percent from nintendo so it would have been nice to have some sort of representation of that <laughs> but yeah and i mean i understand the technology wasn't quite there back then oh yeah it was no regret i mean at least maybe on the wii they could have introduced something yeah absolutely and i mean they and they dabbled with into that idea right they had game specific achievements um you know the stamp system within wii sports um mm-hmm. I believe Metroid Prime Three had uh, like achievements that were, but again, game specific, that were in there that were really close to um, to something that you'd see on you know PlayStation or, or Xbox. Do you do you remember yeah. that at all? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't remember specifics, but wasn't it something like okay, uh, kill five hundred enemies or whatever, and it would like check off and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, they, they had that type. Of, yeah, they had that type of thing, and, and it was really strange because it seemed like this was. And at the time, they did say that they were going to experiment with achievements and stuff, but game specific, not within an ecosystem. But it seemed to me like that was okay. We're going to try this out and then maybe move it to be a, a more system wide thing. But it just never came about. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they've dabbled with that a, a few, you know, a few times. They have a lot of games that have those sorts of systems in, in place. That I don't think it would be a, a stretch at all to say 
doing something in that game could be connected to my Nintendo and you can get some coins. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah. Um, I did really, before we kind of wrap things up, because I know we're trying to keep things closer to the 30 minute mark than to the hour and I we failed uh, pretty badly this time. <laughs> um, but uh, I did want to point out a couple of the other items that have been um, pretty uh, big sellers or, or popular that are kind of hard to get. And if you happen to see them pop up again, make sure to to pay attention. Uh, they had the Tom Nook keychain from you know, Animal Crossing New Horizons Tom Nook keychain, which uh, if I recall, did not get any restocks of that one. That was a one and done thing. And um, I was lucky enough to get to get one of those, um, but yeah, it's something that hasn't come back up. All the other Animal Crossing items got restocked, uh, some some of them multiple times, um, but that one hasn't. They also uh, have the um, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit decoration kit, which was pretty uh, exciting for a lot of people because you could. You know, it basically had like pre-created decorations that you could outline your, your you know, your living room with for your Mario Kart, you know, um, remote control car. Yeah. And that, that was a pretty popular one. Um, but yeah, they, they've got a lot right now as of, as of yesterday. I haven't checked it today, but the only uh, reward available was the, up, yeah. yeah, that was still, that was up and not sold out was the, um, the holiday cards. Yes. <laughs> for, for whatever reason, they restocked those after the holidays, and nobody yeah. seems to pick up on them. I'm looking at it right now in the uh, Mario Ornament, the Splatoon 2, and Super Mario Splatfest keychain set, and the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Invitation greeting card sets are all still, quote-unquote, temporarily out of stock. Yeah. Um, the other ones aren't listed anymore. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but they've had a lot of cool things. That I've liked them. Um, and I think one of the things, the thing that I kind of like about this, is they're a little bit simpler. Um, many of the items are paper-based almost. So they're smaller, easier to store, kind of stack. <laughs> so I like that. <laughs> but, um, and I should say one more, one more quick thing about this that is interesting that um, I think some people don't like, but I think maybe will help sustain this longer than Club Nintendo potentially, is that you have to pay for shipping. It's no longer free. Yeah. Um, the cool thing is that you can stack together items and it's, it's going to be a flat $5 regardless. So, right. you know, depending on how you do it, it, it may, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But most of these items uh, are, to me, if I saw them in a store for more than $5, I would easily pick them up anyway. So it's not a big deal for me to, to pay that. And I think, that, like I said, that will help the sustainability of it because it's a, a lot less of a, of a cost to Nintendo. Yeah. Um, I recently stacked a few items. I did the um, memo pad, uh, the acrylic panel art, and I did the uh, Paper Mario Origami King postcard set. Um, so, you know, three items, five bucks. It's pretty cool. Yeah, good deal. Can't go All through. right. Any other uh, comments on the Nintendo Rewards services? No, um, just if anybody uh, listening heard us say anything wrong or they may, might have some. Uh, deeper insight into what we talked about, please send us a message, correct us. We'll uh, make sure to uh, talk about it in the next episode. Cool, cool. All we right, uh, do we have a Jason's Corner or do we have something else this time? Well, this time we're probably gonna go over a couple questions that we got submitted from um, our request from last episode. So we asked everybody to submit some questions. Um, we'll go over a couple of them. <clears throat> uh, Rob X Games asks, what Famicom Disk System game was affected the most when brought west on cart? 
and you and I kind of talked about this a little bit. <clears throat> unless yeah, he's, unless he's like referring to a very very specific, <laughs> a very uh you know. Yeah, we're not sure if this is a trivia question or like yeah. a discussion question. Uh, <laughs> but I think we agreed it's probably Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, and I, I guess it, again, it kind of depends on what the the intention of the question was. So, right. Rob, next game. Sorry if we are misunderstanding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, pro- we're, we're assuming he means when a game came from the Famicom Disk System and finally made its way over to uh, the NES in North America, what underwent the biggest change. And yeah, probably Doki Doki Panic. I mean, you can talk about some of the changes there. Yeah, so obviously, um, I don't know if you might have a little bit more insight on like the specific reasonings why Doki Doki Panic wasn't brought over exactly as it was, um, but it did become Super Mario Brothers 2, as we know, um, which eventually was then re-released in Japan as Super Mario Brothers USA. Yes. I do not know why they changed it to you. So... The originally they had the lost levels, uh, which you know we we finally got in Mario All Stars out here. Uh, the game was really hard <laughs> the, at that time. It's a lot. It's actually flip flop now. Yes. Excuse me. But the the at that time Japanese gamers were known to like the challenge a lot more, and U.S. gamers were known to maybe not be too keen on that. So they were mm-hmm. concerned about uh, you know they have this hugely popular new um, property with, with Super Mario Brothers, and they didn't want to alienate its fan base by frustrating them. Um, at the time, you know, obviously, it's a lot of kids. They may not have liked the fact that you go into a warp pipe and you just start over at the beginning of the game, or <laughs> you pick up a mushroom and you die. You know, <laughs> the, All these things were uh, maybe interesting for Japanese players who liked that challenge and wanted to just be like surprised and shocked, but it didn't really work for what they, they knew we'd, we'd have out here. So they did have this other game, Doki Doki Panic, um, Yamakuje, whatever, I can't remember the exact name in Japanese. Um, but uh, I don't know if they ever anticipated bringing that one to the to the U.S. You know, as, it, as what it was. Um, but they said, hey, well, we have this game, and this is a pretty cool game, so let's maybe just put Nintendo Mario characters out on it and then bring it out to the U.S. And that's mm-hmm. the way that they were able to get, you know, a cool game that U.S. players would have liked uh, with the Mario characters on it. So if they hadn't done that, and if they just decided, let's just put out this Mario game and see if they like it, I imagine we probably would have gotten uh, Doki Doki Panic uh, still. Yeah. Um, we can also thank Doki Doki Panic, though, for um, characters like your favorite, of Birdo. Of course. Shy I love Guy, Birdo. <laughs> um, is there anybody else in that game that uh, carried over to the Mario franchise in later uh, years? I mean, I think Fry Guy ended up being in a couple things. Um I, they definitely the the shy guys are, and Birdo are some of the more prolific right. characters. Yeah. The um, the cool thing about it is they really have become a, a part of the Nintendo like the Mario st- you know canon, yeah. which is strange because it's I mean it, it's nice that they ended up bringing Mario USA out to Japan, so it helps solidify that a little bit stronger. But yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> really briefly before we go on to the next question, if we have any more, I, I haven't heard any more questions we'll, yet. We'll do one more. Okay, cool. Um, but before we do that, uh, if he's talking about more technological, if Rob X Games, I don't know if what your intention was, um, but if you're talking technological, I mean, 
I'm not the greatest tech- with the technological side of it. I know that the the sound chips were better on the disc system, and so like uh, it's not Nintendo published, so we won't get into that. But like I know specifically, like Castlevania Three uh, is known for having amazing music on the disc system version, uh, and not so it's not so nice on the NES. Um, but there is one other item that or game that kind of changed a little bit. It was uh, Zelda. Um, there were a few things that they changed, uh, and that from the technological side, but I think the most interesting one was, uh, I believe, the Poles voice in the original Famicom Disk System, because they had the, the controller with the microphone. You kill that character by talking, by screaming into the microphone, right? Uh, right. I think they even hint at it with, you know, they just like loud noises, right? Yes. Um, th- then they changed it to, for ours, because we didn't have the microphone, to you have to kill him with the arrow, which mm-hmm. isn't quite as interesting. Right. And incidentally, they also changed that back for, uh, I believe they released it on the cart again um, when, er, in the uh, Famicom when it was um, using the, the smaller version that they had. And that one, that one the, the controllers didn't have the microphone, so they used our methods in, in US for that game. Well, Rob, if uh, that didn't answer your question, feel free to message us and berate us and uh, <laughs> tell us what the correct answer is. All right, let's moving on to, uh, we'll do another question. Um, this is from Anticipation Hoarder. Okay, Matthew, are you ready? Yes. He asks, what's a game that nobody likes but you love? Anticipation. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> this actually is a pretty cool game, uh, and he hoards Anticipation games. So, um, no, I think uh, probably Star Tropics. I, I talk about that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that it's nobody likes it, but it isn't talked about a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, if I'm going to go a little bit more specific into that question, I'll probably say Fling Smash, because that is a game that I've heard a lot of you know distaste for. Um, if you if you remember, that was a game that was basically a method to get the Wii Remote um, Plus out for on the Wii. Um, yeah. And so it was a fifty dollar game. You got a basically forty dollar remote, and they used the functionality of the remote to play. It was a pretty simple arcade based game that you go and you swing the remote to hit the the ball into like blocks and stuff. And I loved the game. I thought it was really cool. And I heard for the most part you know, kind of negative stuff saying, ah, you know, whatever. You get the remote. You might not want to spend the extra ten dollars to get this game because it's lame. And I couldn't believe my my ears. I, I loved that game. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I thought it was so much fun. It was it harkened back to kind of like the earlier era where Nintendo was, you know, making games that it was a kind of score based, and you did a lot of cool stuff to try and um, to to you know to figure out how to get the best score. And I loved that. I thought it was a really neat game. And I I advised anybody who hasn't picked it up to maybe just check it out. You can get the game you know by itself without the rear remote for like under five dollars. You know, you might even be able to find it in a dollar bin if you go to if you you know, find the right place. Yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, see, this is difficult because I don't know if he means if he if he knows that like we're only focusing on Nintendo published items. Um, he might be thinking like, what Nintendo game, you know, on any Nintendo console? Like, do you feel this way about? When it comes to Nintendo published games, it's really hard for me to find a game that I like that nobody likes. Um, I did find quite a few people. And this is going to get kind of like, this is a little bit of a gray area, right? Because Rare published games, right? But it was exclusively for N64. Exclusively distributed by Nintendo? Yes. Yeah. Um, When I was doing a little bit of research on Jet Force Gemini, I was surprised to find a lot of people don't remember it as fondly as I do. Um, A lot of people disliked the controls. They disliked 
um, the three character system. They disliked the uh, uh, what's it called? How you had to collect every single tribal to beat the game. And I would think that you know when you're playing a game put out by Rare, especially on the N64, the whole idea is like they're good at collectathons. Like the whole idea is like you want to collect everything, right? Like yeah. it's odd that like you'd be upset that you have to collect everything to beat it. But I mean, hey, everyone has different tastes and things like that. So maybe this doesn't exactly fit the mold of like the the question, but I guess I'll go with Jet First Gemini. Okay. And I, I think those, I think you're right. I think I've seen a lot of criticisms about that. And I will say, even though I agree with you about collecting and that being a big part of their games, and that's fine. I do think the fact that you had to collect every single one put a little bit of a strain on the game kind of mm-hmm. slowed it slowed the the you know slowed the tempo of it sure. and you know if you are struggling to find one or two of them yeah. out of out of how many of them like 100 hundreds of them yeah. um that that could be a really big you know killjoy uh so i'm gonna get where they're coming from because even with their other ones that were all about collecting banjo because the banjo series uh, Don- mm-hmm. Don- Don- 64 you didn't have to get every single item so if you had struggled with one it didn't matter right yeah Maybe so what I, I could have is add like a different uh, alternate endings or something. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, for completionists, it was fine. They, they knew what they were getting into. But if you're not a completionist, then playing a game all about collecting, uh, you can still have fun. But with this one, you kind of were forced to do that. Right. Cool. Well, I think that just about does it for episode four. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, I I hope that our listeners enjoyed the longer episode. Um, maybe that will make up for the fact that we hadn't talked. Uh, we didn't have one last week. Um, and please, you know, continue. Uh, reach out to us. Give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, what you'd like to see covered. Give us ideas for topics or games that you want us to maybe deep dive into. Uh, and you know, definitely uh, uh, keep letting us know what you think. Uh, talk to us on our Instagram. And Jason, where can they find us on Instagram? Um, it would be Nintendo Aficionado on Instagram, cool. and then our personal Instagrams are I'm Retro X Games and Matthew. I'm GameCube Freak Games. That is Freak spelled F R E E K, and uh, I know it's not spelled properly, but that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so like, reach out to us on there. Um, don't feel or don't hesitate to correct us if we say something wrong or. Um, you know, we don't go into enough detail on something. We're not like know-it-alls. You know, we're just trying to bring exposure to stuff that we enjoy, and we hope you guys enjoy it too. Cool. Well said. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good one.